0: So last night, I talked about the second of the four Brahmavihara qualities, which is karuna, or compassion. And it's the capacity to turn towards suffering with metta, kindness, and where possible, to help it to release. So remembering again that metta is the foundation that all four of the Brahmavihara qualities emerge from. And from this base of goodwill, of friendliness, we become more able to turn our attention towards what's difficult in our own and others' lives without flinching or getting lost in grief or overwhelm. So in the quote from Caroline Jones and Paul Burroughs that I read the other night and that I've posted in the passageway in the dining room, You might have noticed that each of these brahma-vihara qualities has what is known as a near enemy and a far enemy. And the far enemy is the direct opposite of the quality we're trying to develop. So the other night I mentioned if you find yourself seething with the opposite of the qualities you're intending to cultivate, that's okay, that's part of the practice. It was known and recognized that this would happen very early on in the teachings. So the far enemy of these four qualities is usually pretty easy to recognize because it generally feels unpleasant. So for example, aversion, ill will, cruelty, jealousy, reactivity are all Opposites, far enemies of the Brahmaviharas, and their strongly afflictive states. On the other hand, though, the near enemy is something that seems like it's in the terrain of the Brahmavihara, but it's just a bit off in some way. And because it's closer to the actual quality that we're aiming for, it can be a bit harder to recognize. For example, with metta or goodwill. The near enemy is conditional friendliness, where we're kind to someone, but we have an agenda for them. We want them to change, or we want them to be kind back to us, for example. And sometimes the near enemy of metta shows up as affectionate attachment or a possessive type of kindness, where we're being friendly to the other person in order to get them to like us, for example or to feel indebted to us in some way. In those examples, there might be some uh, flavor of metta, but it's mixed up with other motivations that aren't so skillful. And again, that's normal and to be expected. So when we talk about purification practices, we can think of the analogy that Dara used the other night of purifying the gold. So we want to just keep noticing, refining out the more unskillful motivations that are in there so that the gold, the metaphorical gold of our metta, becomes cleaner, clearer, purer. And as I said the other night, we actually do want to see what's getting in the way. It might not be pleasant, but unless we see it, we can't do anything about it. So with compassion, the far enemy is cruelty. Instead of the motivation to relieve suffering, it's the opposite, the wish to inflict pain, which, because of the law of karma, of course, and effect, only ends up hurting us too. So the far enemy is cruelty. And the near enemies of compassion are pity and grief. And again, pity at first glance might seem like it's in the terrain of compassion. But if we investigate it a bit more closely, we might see that energetically, there's a kind of distancing or separation, or even superiority, oh, you poor person down there. And the subtext is, I'm so glad that's not me. So there's a sense of disconnect And if we do recognize this disconnection, we might need to come back to the quality of metta to reestablish that foundation of warmth and energy and kindness more strongly before we try to come back to the compassion again. Alternatively, another strategy is to change the person that we're working with to someone who's less likely to evoke pity and help us to get closer to true compassion. And I want to emphasize that this is not cheating because with all of these Brahma Vihara practices, we're really encouraged to start where the quality comes most easily and then gradually expand our capacity to offer that compassion to a wider and wider range of beings. So one analogy that's sometimes used for this process is the metaphor of a waterfall. If you think of a waterfall, that has a series of rock basins down a cliff. We let the water flow over the edge of the cliff at the top, and it flows into a a rock pool near to the top. And once that pool is full, it naturally overflows to the next basin down the cliff, and then the next one, and the next one, and so on. So you can get a sense from this metaphor that there's a kind of effortlessness in the process. We start with where the compassion comes most easily. We let it strengthen and grow. And then when it's full, so to speak, it flows to the next more challenging stage of the practice. So in terms of this traditional method of reciting phrases and working with categories of people, we start with an easy person and then gradually bring in more challenging people, more challenging situations, until eventually we can radiate the compassion to all beings everywhere. And so for today's practice, we're going to start by working with a relatively easy person, hopefully someone that we feel a natural sense of warmth and care and connection in relation to, but someone who's currently going through some kind of challenge or difficulty. And again, emphasizing that this is a gradual training, I encourage you to choose someone who's not going through the most extreme difficulty or crisis. So don't start with your best friend who's going through an acrimonious divorce or your partner who recently lost their job or your grandchild who's just developed a serious health issue. If you think of a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the most extreme, intense pain, try to find someone to work with who's a five or less. And again, it's totally fine to start with relatively minor challenges and work up from there. Because what we're trying to do is protect ourselves from potentially falling into the near enemy of compassion, which is grief or sorrow. And to protect from that, as I mentioned last night, compassion is sometimes misinterpreted as simply being empathy, about being able to feel the other's pain as fully as if it were our own. But compassion is not just empathy, because as we know, empathy, burnout, or so-called compassion fatigue, is a very common problem. True compassion is protected by wisdom, and it's this discernment that helps us to stay balanced, like kuan yin. So if we notice that we are starting to feel overwhelmed by grief, then we might need to emphasize the second set of phrases that I offered that are about the relief from suffering. For example, we might imagine the person going through the divorce coming to some ease and perhaps finding a different and more beneficial partner. We might imagine the child recovering full health or the partner finding the perfect new job. So it's fine to use our imaginations creatively here. This is skillful means to help us stay balanced. So I'd like to offer a fairly short guided compassion. We'll be using the phrases that I offered last night and I'll um, guide you through it. And just to say, even with the invitation to keep this relatively safe, sometimes people find this practice challenging. So if you do start to feel a little bit overwhelmed, it's fine to stop the compassion practice completely. You might just open your eyes for a moment or two, take in the space of the room, take a few breaths, feel the body, the feet connected with the floor, feel the sitting bones in contact with the chair. Do whatever you can just to help the body come back to some balance and to let your nervous system have a break for some period of time. And then if it feels okay, you might reconnect with the compassion practice. You might just simply stay breathing, stay centered in whatever way you can. And in the same way, in the bigger picture, if doing some compassion practice right now doesn't feel like it's the most supportive thing for your practice, it's totally fine to to go outside to do some other kind of practice. It's really, this is a process of listening, listening to your own being listening to the development of your own practice and choosing what might feel supportive